And what I always think about is more than half of this country sleeps in plastic. And that's what it is, what polyester is. They sleep in plastic. They're encased in plastic. And I think about that all the time in terms of like, it's worse sleep quality because polyester traps heat underneath you. Their body can't heal. It can't grow. They have worse cognition, worse focus, worse energy in the morning, higher levels of depression, anxiety, shorter lifespans. And not only does it shed microplastics in the waterways, but not only does it shed microplastics in the waterways, but also it off gases microplastics. So people are breathing in microplastics while they sleep, if they sleep in polyester oh, as well. I started off this episode with that clip from Colin McIntosh, the CEO of Sheets and Giggles, because I knew I wouldn't be able to say it with any more conviction or any more passion than he has in that clip. So if you want to hear more of that, and hear not only about how these bed sheets are more comfortable, giving you better sleep, but also how they're the most eco-friendly and sustainable bed sheets on the market, then make sure you stick around for this entire interview where we break down not only how to get the best sleep of your life, but also dive into some really deep topics surrounding company culture as well. You are here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. All right, Colin, do you mind telling me a bit about Sheets and Giggles and what you guys do? Sure. Uh, I'm Colin. I'm founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles. It's real simple. If you haven't heard of us, we sell bed sheets. And it's a very simple elevator pitch, but it's getting more <laughs> complex. So we actually sell sustainable bedding made out of eucalyptus trees. So instead of cotton or polyester or bamboo, we use eucalyptus. The benefits of that are, aside from having a smoother, softer product that's more breathable and naturally cooling, you also have about 96% reduction in water usage, about 30% reduction in energy uses, usage versus cotton. And then you also have zero insecticide usage, whereas cotton uses 16 to 24% of the world's insecticides on an annual basis just by itself. And a lot of those are what's called neonicotinoids which are killing bird and bee populations. They've been banned in Europe and a few other places, but not in the US and not in Asia. Our sheets are fully sustainable. We have comforters, duvet covers, and recently we've released our eucalyptus mattress, which is really exciting and pretty unique product. And we have spent five years building up to this and have over 100,000 people sleeping on our sheets. And now it's time take the next step in the bedroom and do something a little more king-sized, I guess, is the way I'd put it. Nice. What is that next step, the king-size? Uh, the, the mattress. And then mattress pillows. We're doing mattress protectors. We're doing a bunch of new product line expansions. So we started with the sheets, and now we had the giggles, is what we say internally. And we really build a lot of goodwill with our community around our sheets and our sustainability and philanthropy. And next up, we think we've built a really quality mattress that went on sale this month and it'll ship next month. And then we launch our pillows in August or September as well. And then we have a zero plastic mattress protector coming out in September. And then from there, we're going into pajamas and probably towels as well. And those are being finalized. Nice, that's awesome. So you're really trying to fill out the entire bedroom. <laughs> 
sure. and then some yeah exactly and then maybe wander into the bathroom a little bit maybe wander into the living room with some curtains we've got some big product expansion plans basically any home textile that's currently made predominantly out of polyester or cotton we really want to challenge the paradigm and tell people that there's a better fabric and a better way to make home fabrics definitely so you basically think that uses those types of materials you could make them with the yeah you can make them yeah yeah bingo gotcha yeah. so how did you come across the eucalyptus eucalyptus lyle cell yeah it's a bit of a mouth yeah so Simply put, eucalyptus lyle cell is what's called cellulosic rayon, and that means that it's a rayon fabric made from cellulose plants. It's USDA bio-preferred, certified to come from plant-based materials, and biodegrades completely in nine weeks. And uh, it's a really wonderful alternative to synthetics made from petrochemicals that leach microplastics into our waterways. So it doesn't grow in the ground as a fiber, like something like a cotton, but can be turned into a really luxurious, smooth fiber via a closed loop process that uses a solvent called amine oxide. This is probably TMI, but the solvent can be reused and recaptured in every batch, which is actually a major upgrade from bamboo viscose, which is more popular cellulosic rayon that most people are familiar with. It's an older version of this process, the first generation of cellulosic rayon that uses something called carbon disulfide, which is actually extremely harmful to workers and environments. So the major improvement between bamboo and eucalyptus is the solvent used and the recapturing of that solvent versus the disposal of it. And so I came across it uh, in 2017. When I founded the company, I was doing a lot of research into different materials and fabrics that would be suitable for sustainable bedding. And the criteria for selection was really, it had to be top of the line in sustainability, no compromises, but it also had to be a really luxurious product because I knew that people aren't going to try something or use something, even if it's the most sustainable thing in the world, if it's not a wonderful product. And so... I tried everything from hemp to linen to lyocell and modal and viscose and a few other different things. And in terms of sustainability, I would say that hemp is really the only fabric that would rival eucalyptus lyocell's sustainability. But in terms of feel and touch, hemp sheets are just not there. We're working on it. We're always working on it. We've got, we actually have an 85%, 15% blend where we're just introducing 15% of hemp into the product. And even that makes it so incredibly rough versus the 100% Lyle cell products. I hope to incorporate hemp in the future, but for now, the 100% Lyle cell product is really phenomenal. So that's how I discovered it through just research and working with different manufacturers to figure out what options in the market were. And I chose it for those reasons I've already listed, but also because the market penetration in the US was extremely low. Bed sheets are about 60% polyester and about 35% cotton and then about 5% everything else, which is really interesting when you think about it because polyester sheets, like 60% of them sleep on polyester sheets, right? They're called microfiber or they're called performance fabric or all these different names to hide the fact that they're petrochemical-based synthetics. And what I always think about is more than half of this country sleeps in plastic. And that's what it is, what polyester is. They sleep in plastic. They're encased in plastic. And I think about that all the time in terms of like, it's worse sleep quality because polyester traps heat underneath you. So if you're listening to this and you sweat at night underneath your back, it's because you're either sleeping on polyester sheets, not, be, not strictly because it could be your diet as well, polyester sheets, or you have a foam mattress, which is Spoiler alert, also polyurethane in the foam mattress. So you're sleeping on a plastic mattress with plastic sheets, 
covered in a faux fur duvet cover. Faux fur just means plastic and you're sweating bullets and you're waking up in the middle of the night and you're tossing and turning and you're like why am i so hot it's because the 20 dollars duvet cover that you bought is made from plastic and it might be soft to the touch because it's synthetic it's made to be as smooth as as literally as scientifically possible but it's hot staticky does not evaporate moisture so when you sweat it stays wet so anyway long story short I think about this a lot as like more than one out of every two Americans is sleeping on fabric that is causing them worse sleep. Their body can't heal. It can't grow. They have worse cognition, worse focus, worse energy in the morning, higher levels of depression, anxiety, shorter lifespans. And not only does it shed microplastics in the waterways, I hate polyester. Not only does it shed microplastics in the waterways, but also it off gases microplastics. So people are breathe, breathing in microplastics while they sleep, if they sleep in polyester oh, as well. So there's my soapbox, but it chose Lyle cell because the penetration was so low. And I thought that if I could take something that was this sustainable and this unique and make a dent in that market, I could help a lot of people live better lives with the product. Yeah, definitely. And what is your, do you have a projection of what your, like, market penetration is now or has that changed at all or is we have about a hundred and fifty thousand people who sleep on our sheets as of today and that's in four years approximately three and a half years so i'm proud of how quickly we've grown that's few companies can ever reach that type of volume um, but it still pales in comparison to the amount of people who go onto amazon.com type in queen sheets see $20 performance fabric, aka microfiber polyester, buy it and don't think twice about it because they don't realize how important it is to the rest of their life. And so, yeah, I, so percentage wise, if you have 200 million adults in America, we're getting close to one one thousandth penetration, which is actually not that terrible so somewhere to start point point one percent close to it so yeah you all have to start somewhere you, you yeah, gotta start yeah. somewhere and, and it, you've reached 150,000 that's really good what do you think it would take for like more people to start adopting this on a larger scale more affordability so for just speaking bluntly our sheets are 150 for a queen 170 for a king 80% of our orders are queen and king. So that's just the way the bed market is. Our mattress is extremely aggressively priced to where we're doing hundreds of dollars less than the closest eco-friendly competitor. Our queen is $13.99 for our mattress. So we're getting really mm -hmm. close to that sub $1,000 price point for the mattress. The sheets, uh, our cogs, our cost of goods and our production costs have gone up in our shipping and freight by 50% in the last two years. We haven't raised wow. our prices, but it's difficult. It's difficult not to. So we were hoping when I founded the company, I didn't foresee a pandemic. I was hoping that over time with volume increase, I could get the cost of production down significantly. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. the opposite has happened because of the macro environment. Yeah, for the median income in the United States for a single person is $31,000. And the median household income is like $63,000. And like, if you're putting $150 queen sheets up there against $20 polyester sheets. Look, I can make the argument all day long about better sleep leads to better physical health, better mental health, better life, right. less pain, 
like all these different people who are sleep deprived know what that does to you over time. But if you don't have, if it's 120, $130 difference, it's just not feasible for a lot of people. So that's the biggest thing. And we're working hard on that. We think we're going to be able to release a blend where it's more like 50% eucalyptus lyocell and then 50% either organic cotton, which uses no insecticides and a lot less water or something like 50% recycled polyester to where it's not like mm-hmm. over overbearing on the product. And it's also taking water bottles out of the environment and turning it into something positive. We're looking right. at blends like that. And we think we can get our cost down for queen somewhere in the 79 or that our price down somewhere down the 79 range, 69 range. So really hoping to close that gap quite a lot in the near future. Yeah. But yeah, that's the biggest, that's the biggest hurdle for sure. Gotcha. And was that also the motivation for trying to mix hemp as well? No, hemp is just because it's so wonderfully sustainable. I, I'm a, we're based in Colorado. And so we have so many hemp suppliers at our doorstep and we really want to figure out how to incorporate hemp into the product. But I, I kid you not, like these sheets are the softest sheets you'll ever touch. Like they are, they have a lower mm-hmm. coefficient of friction than cotton. They're sateen weave, so they're smooth like silk. They're ultra lightweight and airy, so they're very breathable. Hemp right. changes all those a little bit. Like it makes it rougher, it makes it less breathable, like not too mm. bad. But yeah, if there's we'll figure out a way to process it eventually. But right now it's not in the card. Definitely. Your sustainability play. Yeah, I really want to add hemp somewhere. I gotcha. And yeah. do you see maybe hemp coming into some of your like giggle products? Yeah. Oh yeah. We were looking at potentially adding it to our, if we do apparel, then we will probably do like a hemp blend, good durability, dyes nicely. So there's definitely benefits to adding it into other product lines. Just hard to add it to the sheets. Without sacrificing yeah. what you guys are really yeah. trying to do with the softer. Yeah. We're going to have better luck on affordability, figuring out a blend that doesn't compromise sustainability. Like a 50% eucalyptus product. We have samples. We've prototyped a bunch of different samples that we're deciding between. Yeah. And it's really lovely, no matter what the blend is, because the Lyle cell is still so incredibly luxurious. We like that we can have, all right, here's the 100% flagship sheets that have made us famous. And then here's a more affordable version that we still think is a wonderful product, half the price. And it's not as luxurious, like honesty and marketing, but it's better than any $50 cotton set. That's for damn sure. So yeah. right, definitely. Yeah. Very cool. And I know we've talked a lot about the different ways that your products are sustainable and the sheets are sustainable and everything. What was your kind of motivation for going out and searching and doing research on this, a sustainable product? Like why personally for you, why was sustainability so important? It's funny you asked that. There's two reasons. One is that I've always had a bit of a bleeding heart in the sense of, I never really wanted to work anywhere unless there was a reason that I was doing my job beyond just my salary. And that's such a privileged thing to be able to say, to be able to pick and choose on that criteria. That being said, you end up working at places where you don't make very much money. And so for the two and a half years prior to founding SNG, I was at a company that was trying to end sexual assault and violence. It was a wearable device, kind of like a Fitbit. But if you pressed it, it would send out an emergency alert, like a life alert meets Fitbit. This is before yeah. Apple Watch and it was a, an emergency wearable. Really wonderful for college students, for people with disabilities, joggers and real estate agents. We had a lot of traction in those places, but unfortunately that company didn't work out and we all got laid off at 1 p.m. on a Monday in 2017. And I had the idea for Sheets and Giggles. I had written the business plan a few months prior. I was really passionate about the business and the brand. And I wanted to do something funny because that last company was so serious all the time, which it should have been, of course, but like 
for me, right. it, was, it was difficult to always be in that serious mood. And yeah, I was just after two weeks of being unemployed and thinking about, should I get a job? Should I move back to now from Florida? Should I move back to Florida? Give up on Colorado? All these different move out of my apartment. I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? Let me give this a shot. I love this business idea. I love this brand idea. And so that's when I incorporated. And then after I incorporated, I set out to find the product that we would use. So October through December 2018 into January, February was a lot of research and meetings. Mm -hmm. And then we launched we found our partner who could help us bring our product to life in March of 2018. And mm -hmm. then we launched crowdfunding on Indiegogo in May 2018. And we did $300,000 in pre-orders. And that was when I knew that we had lightning in a bottle with the brand. Yeah, definitely. And I, if anybody listening here hasn't checked out your website, they definitely need to because it's just, it's fun. Like just the messaging on it and it just, it flows so nice and it's you find yourself smiling, even though you're not trying to. So if anybody has not checked out their website, definitely go and check that out. It'll be in the description, the show notes. How do you keep up that vibe throughout your messaging? And then also, I know it's on social media as well. That it comes through there too. Where do you find like that ability to make sure that it just all aligns and it's just kind of the way? Yeah. Well, you, when you start the company, it's just you in a bathrobe and a laptop and so you're writing every word you're making every image you're shooting the videos you're the main model my dog was also the main model harvey he's got his own <laughs> web page sheetsgiggles.com slash harvey still to this day i don't let my team take that down and so like the, the main thing i'd say is the hardest thing is as you scale and as you grow as a company you hire copywriters you hire designers you hire people with frankly different visions and different perspectives and i say this with lovingly because i love everyone that i've hired you hire people who want to they're aggressive driven young professionals a lot of them and they come into a company an established brand or a new brand a young brand and they say this is where I'm going to launch my own mark, where I'm going to make my... And so to do that, a lot of times they want to take something and make it theirs. And the trick, I think, is really hiring people who you trust to be a really good steward of what you've built, because there's no way that I, can, I can't micromanage and control my team forever, nor would I want to, nor would that make me a good boss. If you're going to take your hand off the wheel, then it really becomes about who you hire and how much you trust them to carry your original vision with them as they make it theirs. And it's okay if brands evolve. We've definitely gone from, I think, funny first to now more like a hero brand first, where we're more about the benefits the product will have in your life and the benefits in the world that you'll see from supporting our brand. We donated $40,000 to COVID relief in Colorado in 2020. We donated $28,000 to cancer charities last Black Friday. That was very meaningful for me personally, people in my family suffering from cancer. And we have planted tens of thousands of trees. We used to do one per order. We're reevaluating that now just in the wake of all these different financial things that after COVID. But we've done so much good in the world and it's really wonderful to see. Yeah, but then we still crack jokes all the time. And it's about being able to walk that tightrope of premium and funny. And it's a hard tightrope to walk. But I hire people like my head copywriter, Chris, he could write for Seinfeld. And <laughs> That's awesome. it's, actually, it's actually a question I ask in interviews. I say, are you Seinfeld? And it's okay if they say no, but then I ask, okay, what's your favorite? sitcom what's your favorite comedy and then i ask them to describe their favorite episode and i like to hear like people how they it's almost like you're interviewing people for like their co comedy chops like where it's tell me your favorite joke 
tell me why it's your favorite joke. What do you like about the setup? What do you like about the punchline? Like, why do you think that's funny? And you can get into people's brains a little bit and see if they perceive comedy and satire the same way that you do. And yeah, anyway, that's a long-winded answer. Just say hire the right people. No, that, that was really great. That was exactly what I was looking for. Cause I just was wondering, it's like you mentioned, like it's definitely a struggle to be able to continue having brand and a kind of a messaging and continuing that even after you grow and you expand and you hire people on. So being able to keep that messaging consistent is a struggle. And you guys, I think you guys did very well on your website. So I, definitely applaud you on that i think that's great and i wanted to hear exactly what your thought process was going through that so you answered that thanks (laughs) i think the other thing is just strategically to be totally honest like i've always believed like people buy more things when they're happy uh, and they buy less things when they're not and so making people happy is also like a really good business decision and so that bleeds into everything from our Twitter to uh, our website, to our products, to the unboxing, the packaging, the things that we say in it, the surprises, the free gifts, eye masks in every box and that sort of thing. And the way we treat people customer care wise, we don't send out automated messages. We get back to you one-to-one very quickly, same day. So yeah, it's we have a really high degree of uh, customer experience expectation. Yeah, definitely. Which I think it's, it's great and definitely a great way to run the company too. And when you guys are like in your, if you're willing to go a little deep into what your company in the background, like in team meetings and stuff, are you guys cracking jokes in the meetings? Do, does that come across? Is that a, the, <laughs> is that kind of the mood for your kind of like entire business? No, no, no doubt. We're, we have a very casual culture. I think a lot of startups sure. or a lot of companies like, yeah, a lot of startups or a lot of companies when the, when the CEO walks in the room, people get very stiff serious they want to show off they want to impress for me i basically tell people i'm like look like i hired you because i think that you're smart and capable and that i think that you can do a great job at this particular function and then you can take on more functions as well as time goes on so i'm gonna leave you alone and let you do it and you might have teammates or managers that you have to be accountable to but when i walk into them i want people to feel as though they can talk to me the exact same way that they would talk to their friends their family like i have a this is getting into a deeper conversation about like just work culture in general I have a real problem with work culture in particular. I don't know. I don't know exactly how it is in other countries, but American work culture in particular demands that you be somebody else for eight hours a day. So we all play these different roles, right? You wake up and you're the partner and then you get dressed for work. Maybe do a morning workout first. You're the student. Then you get dressed, you go into work and maybe on the way in, you're the father because you made breakfast for your kid or whatever. Then you get to work and you're the employee in one meeting, but then the next meeting, you're the manager and you're just doing this. You're just doing hat, 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 hat. And you have these certain things that you're expected to say. You have these certain rules that you're expected to follow. And then after work, you can be the friend at the company happy hour, right? Like loose and casual then maybe you go to a sporting event and you're either the player or the spectator and you scream and you're intense and you're different and you're full of adrenaline and then you come home and you're maybe you're the son you call your parent you have a conversation with them and you have a different interaction with them versus everybody else what i really preach is like and i so that's why i think people hate commuting so much is because i think that it's not the traffic 
It's the fact that for 30 minutes, they're transitioning from themselves into someone that they may not like, someone that they may not want to be for eight hours. And they know that for the next eight hours of their life, they have to be somebody different. And I think that's really taxing mentally and emotionally. And I think that it's very sad. And so I give this exact soapbox speech to everybody when they join in the interview. And I tell them, like, when you engage with me, when you engage with your coworkers, I want you to be yourself. I want you to be Chris or Jake, Frank. I want you to be Melissa or Zoe. Like, that's who I want you to be. And if you feel any pressure, like you can't say something to me, that's a problem. That means that I've created like an unhealthy atmosphere. So yeah, so our meetings are like very fun. They're very loose, very casual. People give me shit all the time. Like we have bad ideas very frequently. And it's a lot of fun to have a company where people are, I have this feeling like, everybody on the team feels very happy and loose in their jobs. And that's great because your job really affects your mental health. And I want people to feel really good on a daily basis, both at work and out. That's great. I think that's really awesome that you have that build that kind of culture. What do you think in your life led you to create or want to create that type of culture for your employees? I got fired from my first job in five months at a hedge fund at a school. And that place was the place that taught me that being someone else for eight hours a day is truly hell. And I would show up to work and I, I had to wear pants and a button down tie. And I, so first off, right, dress code is interesting because it basically says that you can't make your own decision on what to wear to the workplace. And we want to have a certain aesthetic, a certain look, a certain vibe. So right away, if your personal dress code doesn't match the company dress code before you even get to work, going shopping for those clothes, putting them in your home, in your closet, and then waking up and first thing in the morning, having put on this outfit that is not something that you would choose to wear. I remember being 22 and thinking, man, this is like really surreal. This is like a really like odd thing that we've set up for ourselves in this society. But all right, I want to work here. So I have to abide by the rules. And then you'd go in and you couldn't talk to the manager in a certain way. You had to talk to the manager very different way. You had to do shorter sentences. You had to be more concise, not waste his time. Then afterwards, your colleagues would give you shit because you said the wrong thing. You did the wrong thing. Always second guessing yourself, like always wondering if you had a target on your back, if they were talking about you in meetings, if they were discussing whether or not you were going to be a good fit, all the office politics and the two facedness of the workplace. Like that's the thing that really gets me is the duplicitousness of a lot of people in the workplaces, you know, you're not yourself. So you know that they are not themselves. And when they're engaging with you, you don't, it's not genuine in a sense, right? Like people can be kind to each other in the workplace. They can be friendly and have good cordial relationships with their coworkers. But on some base level, you're not getting 90% of jobs in this country, I think maybe 80%, you're not really seeing the real Bob or the real Sarah, like you're seeing their persona at work. And that's why happy hours are so fun is because people change their persona and you get to see a glimpse beyond the curtain of who they actually are. And I remember thinking all these things and I still think them to this day. And it's been a long time since I've worked for somebody else. It's been five years, but you can change your persona with investors. You can change your persona with employees. I try not to, but you can 
with customers, obviously you have to have a level of respect right away for someone, no matter who they are, what they say to you. So, but yeah, like I, that's really what did it for me was like that experience of just, just hating my life and hating everything about my life and the people around me and thinking, God, like, is this what I'm going to do for 40 years? this like that that was the main and so when i started my own company i said i'm going to build a culture of a place that i would like to be personally that of a place that i would like to work at and then you attract people who are like yourself who have similar sensibilities and goals and that usually works out pretty well yeah definitely that's really awesome and i can definitely see that you have the ability as the owner and the creator of your own business that you can make your own rules you can make the way that the culture is and so totally. I think it's awesome that you were able to do that and solve what you wanted and solve what you definitely didn't want and did okay all of those things that i didn't like i'm going to make it the opposite for my business and i think that's really awesome that you it's an easy it's an easy rule. it's a george costanza rule if everything that you're experiencing is awful then by definition the opposite would have to be True and good. If I hated asking to take time away to see my family on vacation, we have no permissions for vacation at this company. You just post it to Slack. Hey, I'm taking off Friday through Wednesday. I've passed off these responsibilities to so-and-so. If you need anything urgently, give me a call. That's it. And I don't say no. I can't. I remember one time I asked my boss at my first job, could I go home for Christmas? I wanted to leave on the 23rd. And I think the 26th was a Friday. So I'd get back on Sunday the 28th and be in the office on the 29th. So basically taking off the 23rd, the 4th, 5th. So just the 3rd and the 6th, basically, is what I mm -hmm. wanted around, around Christmas on the Thursday. And he goes, no, 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 I need you here on Friday and on Tuesday. And I said, really? How am I going to see my family for Christmas? And he was like, I don't know. I don't care. He's like, you work here and your family doesn't work here. I don't know your family. I don't give a shit about your family. And so be here or be fired. And I remember thinking like, I actually, I think I verbalized this 10 years ago. Now I verbalized this. I said, are you joking? That's what I said. I like literally could not, I couldn't understand the inanity of the conversation. I felt like I was being tricked, like punked or hazed. And I felt like he was putting me through the ringer to see how I would react because the situation was so absurd. And he goes, no, I'm not joking. Now get the out of my office. And so I had, I, on the 23rd, I worked I took a red eye home to Florida. I had Christmas Eve with my family Christmas morning. And then I flew back that afternoon so I could get back on the 25th. And then I was in office on the 26th. And we didn't even do anything on the 26th. We did a normal work day, but we didn't even do anything urgently or important. And I just remember thinking, this is this is like, this, this is insane. And I think the next month I was fired anyway. So I should have just quit. But yeah. Yeah, so. for real. You, you, don't you get should severance. have said that. And then you've been like, okay, see ya. <laughs> yeah, you don't, don't get severance if you quit. That's true. Yeah. And that company, I give them a lot of shit. But they taught me a lot. They taught me. And it works for them. They make more money than my company ever would, man. They're a hedge fund. They're raking it in. But money doesn't, for me, money is not happiness and never will be. Mm -hmm. And it's also not, happiness is the wrong word. Money is, money is not mental health. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know a lot of, I know a lot of people with poor mental health, with a lot of money. So yeah, I don't think it's worth that. But that was the highest my salary ever was until sheets and giggles. So it took a while, <laughs> took a while to climb back there. Yeah. But it, it definitely was a learning experience for you and, and definitely shaped how your company works now. So it's definitely, it was a, it was not the greatest experience for you, but it definitely was influential in creating 
shits and giggles and all that. So yeah. definitely was useful. Yeah, you learn more from your failures than your successes. Way, way more. So yeah, I mean, it sucks. And I fail. There's at least something I fail at every month, and the company fails at every month. You're always learning. That was a big. That always was a big learning. first failure. That was good. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And uh, I know you mentioned earlier in the show about that you guys are launching the mattresses. How long have you guys been working on those mattresses? About 18 months. So it's been a long haul, but it's worth doing it. So we really put a lot of care and energy into this mattress, and it's got three ingredients. And I say ingredients because like it feels right because they're so natural. So the ingredients are tree sap, which is organic SC certified renewable rubber tree sap that creates the latex layers. The second is the eucalyptus fiber in the lyo cell that creates the fabric around the mattress. So instead of cotton or polyester casing, you'll have a signature fabric casing. So much more breathable, much softer, smoother, less friction. But the cooling nature of it is really what's going to be epic for people. And the latex is punched too. So it's got great breathability through the latex. And then underneath that is recycled steel. So a thousand steel coils of nice. US recycled steel. And so literally it, two things from trees, one from recycled steel, and it's the most sustainable eco-friendly mattress in the market. And, and it is the most affordable, sustainable mattress in the market as well. We're really being aggressive. And so that ships in August. So if you're listening to this in August, it's live. Sheetsgiggles.com slash mattress. No and yeah. in the URL, just sheetsgiggles.com slash mattress. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Very cool. And just to finish up here with the last few questions, what are you currently learning right now? I am learning how to build a business that lasts. So I've been very lucky to work for myself and do this for five years. It's been the greatest experience of my lifetime. And it's been a real privilege to work with so many wonderful people that have touched this company and not just my employees and team and partners, but also our customers. You know, we have incredible relationships with tens of thousands of people, 100,000 people. But I would say there's like literally tens of thousands of people who Instagram us, tweet us, email us, call us like the say the nicest things and you get these stories about people who have ALS or eczema or multiple sclerosis or something else that causes them to overheat or be uncomfortable at night, wake up in the middle of the night. And our sheets help so many people with these ailments sleep through the night. And it's as someone with a herniated C4, C5, it's really meaningful to me that I can help somebody get more sleep because it's literally the only thing that can heal you. <laughs> and so to answer your question, like that's been all well and good and lovely. And now in this environment, the last two years, costs rising 50%, changes in, in the marketing landscape in terms of acquiring customers, now a recession, a war. We've had to overcome a lot of hurdles. And I picked a hell of a time. To, to start a business. Yeah. And so I think for me, the thing that I'm really learning is how to build a company that is not just a, a come and go company, but one that will be here, not just for five years, but hopefully 15 or 20 or 50. And so that mm -hmm. that's what I'm really learning now. And it's a different job to run a company that's having seven figure sales months versus running a company that's just made its first 30 grand or 40 grand. It's a fundamentally different company. Yeah. Definitely. And what is one tip that you would give somebody who is trying to grow their own green business? What is one tip that you would give them? I think I would say, like, oh, there's so many things. It's so hard. <laughs> I like on my head, just like five or six things just flew through my head. But the, I think the main yeah. one would be like, really try hard to get 
to the point where you're price parity with the unsustainable option in the market if it's an existing marketplace because price parity is what's going to win at the end of the day versus the older option if you're still asking people to pay more you better have a really good product and a really good brand around it and really good customer experience because people might pay more once but if the product isn't wonderful they're not gonna pay more twice and i would just say make sure everything is locked in but if you can get to price parity or close to it that's when adoption can really explode yeah definitely that's a great tip thank you and if anybody would like to reach out to you to partner with you or learn more about you or find out more about sheets and giggles how can they get in touch with you i'm pretty easy to find colin Sheets and Giggles on LinkedIn, Colin McIntosh. And then obviously SheetsGiggles.com is our website. You can learn about us there. And yeah, I'm going to try to answer most emails I get. I still have 4,000 on red, but I try. try. And then on Twitter, we're pretty active. I run the Twitter account myself because it's very cathartic for me. And it's great to have that one-to-one relationship with customers. And that's at SheetsGiggles on Twitter and Instagram. Great. Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. It's been really great having you on. Really enjoyed talking with you. We talked a lot about your company's sustainability with Sheets and Giggles, but we also got really deep into employee culture and culture of a company, which I think was really awesome and definitely helped other business owners who are out here too, trying to explore this space, trying to wonder how they can create a better culture. So I think incorporating some of those things that you mentioned, it's definitely a great thing for them. They'll definitely learn a lot. So thank you so much again for coming on the show and I hope to have you back again sometime. Awesome. Thanks, Billy. It's great chatting with you, man. I appreciate you having me on. And if you enjoyed listening to this interview about the softest and most sustainable bed sheets out there and about how creating an amazing company culture is so important for your business, then I invite you to check out this interview with Luft. They have created the world's first comfort service, which comes with a free AC and heat window unit So when you combine sleeping on some of the best sheets in the world and having your bedroom temperature perfectly set to that temperature that your body is most comfortable at, there is nothing left but for you to have the most amazing sleep of your life. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.